Naughty 40, my first gay erotic novel is out now. Tom isn't ready to turn 40, with the middle-aged spread starting to take hold and his family upping the pressure for him to settle down. Tom is torn about whether life as a single stud is still worth pursuing. A planned day of minor celebration quickly steps up as his friends join him throughout the day. As they reminisce, Tom is reminded of some of his hottest sexual conquests, from the night he lost his virginity in the back room of a club to the moment one of his workmates crossed the line after a few beers. With the help of a night with his closest friends, who get unexpectedly closer, Tom realises that while life might not begin at 40 for a 21st century gay man, it isn't the end of the world. Naughty 40, my first gay erotic novel by Liam Williams, available on my website, liamwilliams.com.au forward slash store. If you want to get the most out of your bait and be proud about it, you've come to the right podcast. It's time for the latest tips, tricks and news to make you a better baiter. I'm Liam Williams. And I'm bait mate Sean. It's, it's time, time for the Proud Baiters Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Proud Baiters Podcast. How are you, Sean? I am very, very well, thanks. How are you? Yes, very good, very good. We, it's a bit cold today, but that's Today? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are getting into spring though, so we're getting there. Yes, I can't wait for the warmer weather. It's um, it's coming. We've had a couple of little hints of it in Melbourne. For yep. those in the northern hemisphere that don't understand how climate works, it's winter in the uh, middle of the year in the southern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So we are now uh, starting to warm into spring as we head closer to summer, and I'm all for it. I'm already thinking about the nude beaches. Oh, so Is that I, bad? I'm, I'm already thinking about the backyard baits. I mean, I, I've told you about the incredible ones that I had last year. Yes, I wrote a story about one of them, I, inspired by one of them. Well, that neighbour no longer lives there. Oh, that's oh, a shame. I'm, I'm pretty sure that our current neighbours are nudists. Oh. Uh, they've put up all of these uh, privacy screens around their yard. Right. And... It, I don't know. There, there, there always seems to be a thing with nudists that you can tell if they are just by what they're wearing. Uh, it's usually like minimal, track, and flowing tracksuit pants, something yep. that's loose, something yep. that's organic, um, and that is very much them in a nutshell. Just put a little note in the letterbox. Well, I mean, there's enough holes in our fence that okay, uh, yeah. this summer, if it does happen, you know, I'll be like, oh hey, I can see your butt. You yeah. want to see mine too? And that's totally fine to seeing butts. <laughs> I'm also like, I'm a nudist at home, but I don't have that many privacy screens. If you're going to the, like we have six foot fences. If you're going to the effort of looking over the fence, it's up to you if you see my dick or not. But it's a six foot fence. Yeah. Uh, it, like the ones that are at my place are like four foot. Oh yeah. They're not, they're not that high. They're like old school height. Yep. So easily you could just stand on the ground and look over the top. No problem. But. I'll go out and bring the washing in without anything on. Mm. If you're looking in my backyard, that's your problem. Yep. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. No. How's your baiting been recently? It has been amazing. Excellent. Well, we just had a bait together before the episode. It's we been a did. while since we've done that. Yes. Um, and that was good. It was very much needed on my part. I, yes. It's 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 been a super stressful week for me. Um and just being able to yep. have my release yep. has been fantastic. So thank yes. you. Oh, no problem. 
the house was empty. We were getting, we, we it's getting into the headspace, of course, of of the Baders podcast. Um, my baiting has been a little bit too much. I'll be honest. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So you just say that. Yeah. So, well, yeah, too much in that. And regular listeners will know it's something that I've talked about before. It's just balancing the baiting with the rest of life. Yeah. I'm going to use an excuse. I had a wisdom tooth out a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So that meant more time on the couch. Mm-hmm. And while I was on the codeine, the brain wasn't firing for writing. Right. So I haven't written anything in a couple of weeks, but what then has happened from then is even though I'm recovered from that is I've dropped the the good habits of doing some writing after work or going to the gym after work. Yeah. So I'll have to reset that next week. Um, I'm going to go early morning gyms. Yeah, I'm all about the early morning gym. Yeah, but you're about the early morning gym because you can get basically get your dick out. No, it's because by I like yeah. the people that go at that time yeah, right. of morning because they also know they can basically get their dick out. No, it's a it's it's all very normal. It's very right. normal indeed. But um, no, I, I do prefer the early morning gym just because there isn't anyone there. Um, yeah, and I can just be me. I don't have to worry about a big muscle head next to me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go to the six o'clock boot camps classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and get that out of the way before work, which then leaves me the after work time for writing. Mm-hmm. And then if I get on back on track with the writing, then I can get into my desired level of baiting. Yeah. But I I only say baiting too much in that it's mucked up my priorities a little bit again. Fair call, fair call. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to say that going to the gym in the morning, there is nothing better than that post workout bait. Yes. As you're getting ready to go to work. Kind of just puts a glow on the day. Yeah. Well, there is the the exercise puts the glow on the day and the exercise and bait combination. Everybody listening will know about the value of that combination. Yes. So, uh, yes, that could be also a benefit of me going to the early morning classes. Yeah. So I've had some good sessions. Um, I just haven't been prioritizing it correctly. You see, my because it's been so hectic for me, a lot of my sessions have been like 10-minute tugs. Oh, yes. And that's it. So, like, literally, wham, bam. Yep. Uh, so well, you did speak last episode about how you had gotten better at the, the two-stroke. Oh, look, yep. the, the, the two-stroke is great. Um, for, for those times where you're like, oh, I really, really want to, but I just don't have the time. Yep. Uh, yep. But... You know, there's only a certain amount of two-stroke that you can take, and those ten-minute tugs aren't really happening. Uh, they're not. They're not fulfilling the desire anymore. So, you know, I'm. I, I have successfully for the last couple of weeks. I have successfully done at least two one-hour sessions a week. Great. So, uh, and for me, that's a big. That's like one hour hands-on, not yes. one hour scrolling porn and then ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, well done. Mm. Have um, so you have done a little bit of research though 
on, and it came up again recently in the Discord server about uh, someone had caught up on our DIY sex toys episode, mm-hmm. and you've done a little bit of research on uh, some DIY lubes. I have, um, and there is one that I... I really enjoy this one, but I'm not really sure. Uh, it, 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 it can be fun for some and, and painful for for others. Um, okay. So it's a it's an oil based lube, so definitely not one that you would use with any uh, rubber toys or yep. anything like that because that is disastrous. Yes. Uh, but the main ingredients for it are aloe vera gel, yep. uh, flaxseed oil, and peppermint oil. Oh, okay. So, the, the, the peppermint oil kind of gives it, not only does it give it a little bit of a nice smell, mm. uh, but it gives it a little bit of a minty tingle. Oh, yes. So, like, the the recipe that I found that I used, made up uh, a batch with, it says five drops of peppermint. I mean, me being me goes, five drops, Just that's not sh- enough. So, I put in a couple of extra ones and uh, let's say that it was a red hot session. So. <laughs> See, I don't know. Oh, I don't know about the tingling. I've used the warming. One. We trialed the warming one yep. a few months ago, and I wasn't a huge fan of that. And I've tried a couple of other warming ones, and I just, I don't know. I don't think I need that extra. You see, so my love for anything peppermint there um, comes from when I was younger and in the shower and just needed something other than shampoo because I was sick yep. of my shaft hurting. Um, yes. So I would use toothpaste. Or like okay. I'd be brush, I brush my teeth in the shower, so I'd spit yep. a little bit of the the foam into my hand, and I found that if I rub some of that on my nuts or even over the top of my head, it's got a bit of a minty tingle. But then when you wash the water off, that cool mint blast comes in. Uh, okay. So it's almost right. like a, a, a nice ice sensation. Yeah. Well, it is for myself. Um, and I, now there's a bit of nostalgia around it as well. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, this recipe, it does come with a warning um, that says some people can actually have a severe... severe like, it does actually come with a warning. Uh, and it says some people can actually have a severe reaction to aloe vera, either... Uh, an allergic reaction or contact dermatitis and peppermint essence can heighten the sensitivity for some people, but can also feel like chili powder for others. So right. it does definitely come with a, with a warning in there. And it I would imagine it. that um, you would want to avoid it getting any internal with the tingle, unless you're into that tingling Look, down the entrance. It really depends on the amount of peppermint that you put in there. But, True. you know, a little bit in there, yes, it'll it'll have a bit of a tingle in there. It'll be a little bit more of a tingle on the inside because that's a part of the body that isn't exposed to anything yeah. on the outside. Yeah. Uh, but you will still get the tingle down there. But I guarantee once you, ha- once you have your post-wank piss. Cleared. It's all cleared. All right. So, um, but just really quickly, one of the other things that I did find in my, my research for it, which I thought was quite funny, uh, was they, uh, they suggested using egg whites. Oh. So just straight egg whites, no yolks or anything. So, um, it sounded really strange to me. Mm. So I thought, sod it. I'm going to give it a go. High protein. (laughs) Um, it was gross to think about the fact that I'm wiping egg whites all over my yeah. dick. It actually felt really nice. It was smooth and glidy, 
but had a little bit of a stickiness to it after a bit. So definitely okay. not a long-term kind of thing, uh, but it was something, the smell of it wasn't exactly the nicest, but the, one, the, the thing that did make me laugh was um, mm. in everything that I read for it, one of the things that I saw about it was an extra bonus. After a job well done, you can make yourself a nice protein-rich <laughs> omelette. Bon appetit. <laughs> oh, dear. No, thanks. Well, you, I suppose you've also added your own protein to it by then. Yeah, but no. What do you do with the yolks? Like, not just generally. Like, that's what always one thing I think about is, like, when people make an egg white omelette or they add egg whites to their smoothies if you're a protein head what like that's just a waste you just throw the yolks out look personally i will keep the yolks and i will make a, a really nice hollandaise sauce to go on my sunday morning breakfast <laughs> but that's because yeah. i like to cook so yeah but don't you only use oaks in the hollandaise yeah okay that makes sense yeah you need like six yolks and a bucket load of butter but right. anyway, okay. So that's that's my my little handy tip for the for this I episode. Could, I don't like eggs, so if it smelt like egg at all, I couldn't do it. No, no. Don't eat eggs. Don't have anything to do with eggs. Hate the smell of it. So I I don't think. But wouldn't it also get like bubbly, like when you make a whiskey sour? <laughs> yeah, it does get a little foamy. A little foamy. A yeah. little foamy. You're almost like whipping up your own meringue. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be interesting. Would you like some of my penis meringues? <laughs> wow. Are they shaped like it? No, they're flavoured like it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're flavoured like it and churned with it. Mm, it's got a bit of a salty taste to it. Ooh. <laughs> but high in protein. High in protein. Wow. Okay. Mm. So people certainly out there are experimental. Yes. In things. Very much so. The, um, so the, the first recipe that I mentioned, the one that's got the aloe vera and yep. uh, flaxseed and peppermint oil, I'll pop that into the Discord. And yeah, um, cool. if you want to make it, it's super simple. It's one part aloe, one part flaxseed, five drops of peppermint oil maximum. Don't go any more than that. All right. Um, but I'll pop it up in the, in the Discord server if anybody else wants to try it and give us a bit of a review from themselves. Yeah, or if they've got their own um, recipes mm -hmm. and they can share them in their... As well. Mm-hmm. Great. Always up for new recipes. I'm not a lube person. I know I've said that a lot. Um, so I've never really experimented. Mm. Soap in the shower, always oh. growing up, and it's never affected me. <laughs> I don't know why. I can, e e a even, special case. Even hearing that, I can feel the burning. Never burnt me once. Mm. Touch wood. Never. I don't know why. Mm. But um, I managed to do it every day for about 10 years. So maybe I have good luck or a good technique. I remember when I, like the first time that I used soap in the shower, um, I ended up getting really, really dry skin just on the, where my shaft meets my head. Yeah. And then going to school. And not being able to walk properly or move properly because it was that raw. Wow. Um, and I ended up going home sick and my mother turns around to me and goes, why have you come home sick? You look perfectly fine to me. I'm like, I have a very sore penis. <laughs> and she didn't ask again. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. She handed me the aloe vera, not the aloe vera, the, um, the vitamin E cream and said, go put some of this on. I'll put a movie on. It's fine. We'll sit and have popcorn. <laughs> Oh, how supportive. Mm. 
Lovely. Yeah. Um, never an issue for me, though. Mm. I don't know. Chalice. Anyway, shall we talk about a news? Sure. So this is an article from uh, askmen.com written by Sophie. So not really um, asking men. But anyway, mm. um, you can ask, but Sophie's answered. Yep. How to Kick Sexual Shame is the title of the article. Mm-hmm. The cover photo looks a little bit Daniel Ricardo, but maybe that's just me um, hoping for that. Um, so <laughs> it talks a lot about um, sexual shame and most people have felt sexual shame, but uh, so it's kind of normal to experience it and it talks a bit about why. Um, uh, but what I thought we should have a little talk about is how to work through sexual shame. So you found the article and I've had a bit of a read of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first bit is just like everything's okay as long as everyone's consenting. And then when I read that, I'm like, that can't be the only advice you're giving. <laughs> Can I just say, everything's okay. Don't feel shame. Okay. I'll stop feeling shame yeah. then. It's fine. Done. Fixed. No, but the, um, she does go on uh, a little bit more. Even if, you know, you identify as sex positive, um, then there often is still shame and the social attitudes that are pretty sex negative still, you know, infect yeah. people and are still somewhere in the background of sex positivity. And really, like... The term sex positive is pretty new. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like we're kind of in a time where things are changing considerably. Yeah. So there will be back in generations um, some negative things that are still being held on to. Uh, and so we've got to kind of get over those yeah. to get forward despite our claims of sex positivity. They're still back there. So the first kind of – the first bit of advice is – this is a quote from the article. One approach towards this is defining a more idealized relationship to sex, asking oneself, if I had no concerns of judgment, criticism, or rejection, what would I want and how would I show up differently? So I think the like the first thing is self acceptance. Yeah. In terms of what you like, and if you combine that with everything's okay between consenting adults, I think that's a big part of getting through the the shame thing. And they say by making more space to critically examine early sex negative messages and experiences, understanding how we took them in at that point in time, and recognizing our subsequent growth. We can start to disconfirm false shame-based beliefs and free ourselves of these external constraints. So it seems pretty simple, Mm. but accept that things are okay to do. Have a strong idea of what you want and how you want to go about it. And then gain an understanding or have a look at why you think... Those things are shameful, which I, I think I've kind of been doing. Yeah. Um, 
I'm pretty big on generally in life, actually, I'm realizing I'm pretty big on society's bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, that's both in the sexual realm and in the so many other versions and aspects of society. It's fucked. But anyway, it's <laughs> that's something that I've certainly been looking at. And I think that certainly helped me with uh, readdressing shame and being able to live more sex positively. Yep. Um, and then she goes on, and this is the part that's probably a bit more... So the article generally talks about sexual shame, and most of it kind of talks about if you have a desire within partnered sex that you would like to experience more of. But then it says masturbation and solo exploration comes into it in you can use your solo time to fantasize about it, watch porn about that desire and try your own bits and pieces before you potentially bring it up with a partner. That confuses me. How so? The example in the article is about pegging. Let's say you're curious about pegging, but unsure if it's just a fantasy or something you want to try in real life with a partner. So you have a think about where the negativity around that comes from. Have a think about what you want it to look like for you and what it means for you. And then try a bit yourself. Watch some pegging videos. Finger yourself a bit. Get comfortable with the idea solo before you then bring that up and ask your partner to peg you. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. But, like, I mean, the whole, you know, if you want to... My my thought originally, like, immediately went to, if you want to try pegging with your partner, then... And you're not sure how it's going to go, then find somebody else who's going to help you out with that and then go to your partner? No, no. Solo stuff. Try stuff yourself. Watch the videos. And then, you know... They say consider working with a sex-positive therapist to become more comfortable in your own skin because there is often a lot of shame around porn and masturbation. That's a topic that we've discussed a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, they say that trying the solo things, and that's something that we've mentioned a lot as well, trying things on your own and using masturbation as a chance to get to know yourself and your own desires and your own sexual enjoyment. Yeah. So that works, I think, in helping to get rid of some shame. It also, I think, if we're talking about using it to then be able to talk to a partner, I think it allows you to go to the partner with confidence of, like, this is what I'm into. Rather than I was scrolling through Pornhub and watched one video of pegging just as I came. Let's give it a go. And then going, let's try pegging because yep. I came to it once. And then the whole thing doesn't work because you actually realize you're not into pegging. Mm. You just came as you watched that video. <laughs> so, yeah, taking the time to enjoy yourself um, gives you more confidence with partners we've talked about and gives you more confidence in knowing that you enjoy it, but also knowing that it actually isn't bad. Mm. Like if you wank to pegging videos 30 times and nothing's happened, it's not really a not really a bad thing. Mm. 
Mm. So, so yeah. So essentially, um, the the article and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. This is how I'm interpreting it from what you've just said. the The article is saying that um, the shame that comes from sex or the, the having that sexual shame is more based around you not accepting what you actually want. Yes, there's a big part of that. So there's external societal pressures oh, yeah. and negative attitudes. Sud society. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they come in, but then they also inform how we feel about it internally. Right. And I think I mentioned in the last episode of podcast that I listened to, the Sex and Psychology podcast I've mentioned a couple of times, and there was an episode where the they were talking about research that found that men that watch porn less actually have more issues with porn because of this thing called moral, moral incongruence. Mm. So they did this big survey of how often you watch porn and how you feel about it. Yeah. And they found in a lot of cases, guys that don't watch a lot of it feel bad about it. Okay. And so those people are often conservative religious people or people who live in societies where porn is really frowned upon. Yeah. Um, and so even though, like we watch porn every day. Yeah. But don't feel bad about it. No. But well, I feel bad about it if I'm on the train. Yeah, true. <laughs> but that's only if the person sitting next to you sees that you're watching it. And then immediately <laughs> looks away from me. If they're going to look over my shoulder, then sure, I'll just yeah. like move my phone over a bit. We can both gets watch. off at the next stop, even yeah. though they're not in the city yet. No. Um, but then generally, you know, someone who is raised uh, and, let's say, indoctrinated into a fairly religious or conservative set of ideals may watch porn once a month and feel incredibly guilty. Yeah. So that's the external factors that then people internalise. And so it is internal in terms of you have this own guilt and you have this own shame about your sexual desires, but a lot of what's informing that is external. Yeah. And basically... They're saying, accept that everything is okay as long as it's not harming anybody else. Mm -hmm. And then take the slow steps bit by bit to work up to understanding your desires. And then on the flip side, understanding where the negativity around those desires come from. Right. Makes complete sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, yeah, you may, you may have shame around masturbation which may be why you found our podcast, because you want to hear people talk positively about it. And so take the steps around enjoying yourself, but give yourself the time, I think. Mm. Don't just be just like, I'm going to wank twice a day and I'm going to feel okay about it, because it might not happen. No, not even <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> and, well, as I said at the start of the episode, not even I'm successfully balancing the amount of work I should be doing with the amount of baiting that I want to do and the feelings around that occasionally clash. That's not, I don't think that, that's not shame, but that is a balance and I occasionally will finish an hour and a half of what should have been a 20-minute session and go, well, 
fuck, didn't do any work today. <laughs> and there are some negative feelings. It um, sounds like a common a common story from you, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's say three or four times a week. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there, there's still some negativity around, um, but we've got to take the time to address where the negativity comes from uh, and marry that up to what we want to get out of our desires and our pleasures. Yeah. Make sense? Mm-hmm. I'll link to that article in the show notes if you want to read that from askmen.com. And enjoy yourself. The cover photos, I, I thought the cover photos, right, were who I hoped was Daniel Ricardo post-nut. <laughs> um, a couple in bed and a peach. And I thought that was a call me by your name reference. <laughs> But then it links to an article of um, straight curious, how do I convince my girlfriend to play with my butt? And that's where the peach comes in. Right. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, speaking of Call Me By Your Name, that the movie podcast that I referred to talked about something about Mary. Um, one of the guys in that joked is like, is that where they came up with the peach emoji from? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No. But, um, you know, speaking of, we talked about movies last episode, Masturbation in Movies, and Call Me By Your Name is one of them. Yeah. And there is the now infamous scene of Timothy Chalamet pleasuring himself with the peach. That was written into the novel, and both the director and Timothy Chalamet um, kind of said, I don't know, can you use a peach? When they first kind of looked at the script and looked at the adaptation... And then it got to the point of filming the scene and the director came up to Timothy Chalamet and said, we're going to leave it in because I tried it. <laughs> and then Timothy Chalamet turned around and said, I know, I did too. <laughs> so both the director and Timothy Chalamet tested the act of self-pleasure with a peach before Timothy Chalamet's character... Um, did it in the movie. Okay, so I've got to stop by the shops on the way home. So maybe I will... Um, let me see if I can find this self-pleasure with a peach. So if you... Um, and if you want to watch Call Me By Your Name uh, on streaming, it is uh, on binge, okay? If you want to... Uh, in Australia, it's on binge. Yes, move along with uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um and if you want to listen to that podcast, I'll put a link to that in the show notes where the um, the movie review for Call Me By Your Name, that stream of their podcast, they don't do anymore. They've replaced it with something else, but I'll link to the episode anyway. Okay. Well, just, just really quickly, I yep. have just done a really quick Google of it. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, I found, a, found a, an article of a guy who's decided that he's going to give it a try. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I've not read this in entirety. Yep. So, I'll just- I've skim, skimmed it, but I'll, I'll read it out to you. He stopped at the shops and he goes, I left my peaches out on my counter and waited three days. The second time Ooh. was a charm. Um, to prep, I opened my window and let the cool breeze flow in uh, and put on a mystery of love uh, and laid back. And this is what I did. Slowly create a hole smack dab in the middle of your peach with your pointer finger then wiggle your finger around inside the peach, basically digging a tunnel towards the pit. 
Um, careful, though. Juice will spill everywhere. Yeah. Hook your finger around the pit and slowly pull it out, making... Uh, it's going to take multiple tries. You want to be careful that you're not too forceful doing this part as you don't want to split the peach in half. Once the pit's out... It's a good lesson for it, life as well, actually. Well, it is. Yeah, you don't want to be, you don't want to be digging out too much there. Uh, well, and you don't want to split a peach in half. No, no. I don't think the peach would be very happy with that. Mm. Um, once the pit's out um, and you want to dig around to make as much space in the middle of the peach as possible, think about the circumference of your phallus. Um, now go for it. The peach will probably only fit the top half of your you-know-what, but there's something new and novel about this feeling. Fun fact, peach juice makes great lube. Someone needs to patent this as an idea ASAP. Sadly, sadly, there was no Oliver around to eat my peach when I was done. (laughs) A lot of people found that part of the scene really awkward, that Oliver ate it after. No. Sweet and salty, come on. No, but also, like... They've, they're going to have sex. Yeah. Like, he's eating it literally from the source. He can eat it from the peach. So <laughs> so after reading that and hearing all of those directions and everything, yeah. and, of course, seeing the film, it does sound very much the same as, like, hollowing out a, a rock melon or a watermelon or but something like that. I know that there are girthier penises out there than mine. Right? I'm not super thick, mm. but the average diameter of a peach is six centimeters or 2.3 inches. No, you, that's not 2.3 inches. If that's 2.3 inches, then I've got a nine inch dick. It's <laughs> well, that's my unit of measurement. <laughs> this is um, that. Yeah, I, I'm that thick. I'm not fitting a peach around my knob. That's no, that can't be right. Hang on, I've got. Have I got a ruler? We're in my studio. Just to completely derail the episode. Oh, speaking of which, have you seen the TikTok of the woman that goes up to her boyfriend with a measuring tape, and she's like, she faces the measuring tape towards her, and she's like, pull out the measuring tape until you think it's six inches, <laughs> and he pulls it out, and he, you know he moves it around for a bit. But then he gets it and it's perfect. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I thought I would, you know, I thought I'd find out that he thinks six inches is, or whatever, eight inches or whatever, whichever way she thinks it's meant to go. And then, but then he turns the measuring tape around and there's numbers on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't have a measuring tape in here, but I don't feel like too many people are fitting the no. their girth of... Six centimetres or 2.3 inches into a peach. I don't think it's going to be an in and out thing. No, I think it's going to be more like... like it's in a sloppiness in your hand. I th- yeah, I think it's more yeah. like the uh, using a tanga egg yes. thing. So you just put it over the head and you like twist it around a little bit and give it a bit of a jolly but jolly. I don't think it would go over your hand. I feel like in certainly for my case... The peach would just fall apart in my hand and I'd just be left with mushy peach flesh around my bits. Well, you see, that's what happens when I used a banana. <laughs> well, did, what? You did just use the skin. Yeah, but like you start going to town with the skin and then the skin just falls apart. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, so I ended up with a banana mash all over my dick and bits of skin all everywhere. Anyway, we've, we've kind of banana, derailed a bit here. <laughs> banana 
Banana and peach omelette is the recipe of the mm-hmm. day. Mm. All right, let, let's wrap that up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode <laughs> of the Proud Baiters podcast. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks' time with another episode. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, and happy baiting. Thanks for listening to the Proud Baiters podcast. I'm Liam Williams. And I'm Batemate Sean. Keep up to date with the chat on the Proud Baiters Discord. And if you want early access to every episode and a whole heap of extras, sign up to the Liam Williams Patreon. Until next time, happy happy baiting. baiting. Hey, Baiters, just a quick note to let you know I have a new membership set up for the Proud Baiters podcast. If you'd like early access to these episodes, then you can sign up as a member with the link in the episode description. Your support goes a long way to helping Sean and I keep the podcast running and making sure we are doing the work with the beta community to get the word out there. Thanks again for listening and happy baiting.